What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. All right, good people. We're back at it again, and this week, the mad scientist is back from the lab, sitting in the co-host chair. What's going on, Dave? How's it going for you? What's up, Mike? I am back. <clears throat> I enjoyed the uh, listening to the last podcast interview you guys did. Oh, that was, that was it, a good man. one. Yeah. Um, so far, um, a few people actually hit me up and stated that it was a pretty good podcast. Yeah. You know, and... I, I just think the chemistry is is finally flowing together, whereas the message is getting out a little bit more. Good, good. Yeah. T- Tim's a talker, but uh, you cut him yeah. off pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> he, he's no, it's a talker. <laughs> it's great, man. He's got so much, so much knowledge to share, and he's and he's excited to share it. It's great. You know, as many people who say that. There's only a small percentage of people who are like that. And yeah. the only reason I say that is because I believe human nature, a lot of people don't want to see other people succeed because it's like the alpha male or the alpha uh, syndrome that's in us as humans, whereas everything's a competition and I got to be better than you versus it's just a small percentage of people they are more happy to help you gain success or just happy to see you succeed in whatever you're doing. Yeah. I see. I mean, I see that at work and, 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 in shooting. And uh, I am not that way at all. Um, I'm always, you know, more than happy to help anybody any way I can. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know, but yeah, I see it. Yeah. So, you know, um, that recording that we did, it was probably a little over an hour mm-hmm. and after the recording we all sat there and talked for maybe another 45 minutes yeah okay. maybe <laughs> you know and it, it was a good conversation it was a good conversation and even after that i was like man this should have kept going and then of course you know just edit it and use little pieces of that conversation for later but yeah you know but like i said overall it was a good knowledgeable and you know, eye-opening conversation in general. The class went well, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're going to talk about that here next week. And, uh, we're going to bring right. Travis and Nancy back and have them give their insight. Then I'm going to give my insight. And then I want to throw it at you afterwards and see what you think about what I say and how I deliver it to you. Okay. Yeah, so I think it's going to be pretty fun pretty interesting overall because majority of my day is sitting back thinking how can i get faster how can i move a little bit more efficient you know especially when i had the same conversation with you and wally and y'all answers practically was parallel with each other oh really (laughs) yes and that match that i did in belton i sent those videos to wally and just have him analyze it because he actually analyzes a lot of stuff that I do. 
and there was one of them whereas all the targets were pretty much online mm-hmm. you had to you started off in one corner you come out of the corner and then you had to pretty much make like a left turn run down the lawn and then you had to go back into another corner where you ended so it, it kind of made like a mini c in a sense of speaking okay and when i was doing my walkthrough in my mind i kept telling myself don't stop everything should be just flowing when you hit your reload just keep going and then don't stop until you get to the end and when i watched the video i didn't realize i stopped right before making that turn because you had to do a lean on one target behind a barrel before you got to the end corner okay and when i did the reload coming out of that little pocket i stopped turned ran to the corner and then ran to the other corner so i'll send you the video so you can actually well it's it's great that you have videos and you can notice that stuff because you said you didn't notice it while you were actually shooting i didn't even Um, notice it after i went back and looked at it because i watch before i throw a video up online of me shooting I actually analyzed the video of me shooting and I'm not trying to look for anything right or wrong before I post it. I'm just looking at my movements because I know your feet work is really important. And then if you're shooting on the move, I know you got to get low. And a lot of times mm-hmm. I feel like I'm low, but I'm not really low because, <laughs> you know, I got the bad knee and that yeah, may be know, tough, tough for you. Yeah. <laughs> but my, my whole thing is, is like, I, I like to analyze myself overall so I can, you know, become a better shooter in general, but having another set of eyes looking at it makes it even that much more better because I will miss a lot on me shooting. But it, if you gave me a video of somebody else shooting, I can critique the mess out of that, but I cannot critique my own video. Yo, uh, I totally understand. I miss stuff on my videos too. I'm, I'm, I'm getting help, you know, getting some, somebody to review my videos as well. Right. So, and like I said, when Wally does it, I appreciate it that he does it. And I, well, I really do appreciate all the time he has because he always throwing like little tidbits of, Hey, try this, do that. Think about this, you know? So, but I do believe Wally needs to go into the job of being a coach. <laughs> <laughs> well, he will make big bank doing that. <laughs> he's got the world shoot to focus on right now. Oh, when is that going to be? Uh, I don't know when, what time of the year it is, but he he is earned that, a, a slot for the uh, limited division and work on the world shoot team. Is that the one where they put like a a time on the clock, like three minutes, and then you got to shoot all the steel and whatever is left standing? That's how they get your score. No, those are uh, falling steel matches. the The world shoot is a Ipsic match, and uh, this year it's in Thailand. Oh wow! Um, so it's it's people from around the world, um, and and each country has their team that you know they select. However, they do. I'm sure everybody does it a little bit a little bit differently, hmm. but they all go compete as you know country representing their country. It's kind of like our Olympics with uspsa they do it every uh three years and uh he's on the olympic well not really the olympic team but the uspsa world shoot team that's awesome right there um and like i said he's so humble he doesn't brag about stuff he 
I don't even, he mentioned it. He didn't make a big deal about it, you know. So that's, you know, give Wally a round of applause for making that world shoot team. Yeah, man. I think it would be great. It would be an honor to uh, to do that if I ever had the chance myself. That would be cool. I'd really enjoy it. Yeah, that's that's awesome right there. Um, but let me ask you this. Um, before we go into the main topic of discussion and um, just about shooting, right. I want to ask you about equipment selection. Okay. So one of the things about equipment selection, do you have a particular gear that you would tell people to get and a reason why, or do you just say work with what you got? Uh, there, there is bad gear out there. Um, there's stuff that is kind of dangerous to use. Mm -hmm. It's not very secure. Um, or, or, you know, there is definitely gear you should stay away from but the majority of the gear is decent to use um you know anything we can get from shooters connection it is going to be decent quality they carry you know all sorts of different manufacturers but mainly you know it's something that you're comfortable with and, and if you're shooting in a certain division some you know there are different gear requirements um you you definitely have to look into the gear requirements if you're before you go and and, and you know spend money and purchase new gear if, if that's your goal if you're gonna you know be in competitive shooting um but really man i found something that i shoot the open division so i have to use a race holster because of all the thumb rests and slide rackers and optics and thing i have hanging off the gun it won't fit in like a kydex holster and I've just found one that works and there's been others that I've wanted to try, but I just, I don't have a reason to because mine works just fine. So I just, I've kept using it. It's a, it's a ghost, uh, holster. Um, I really like the CR speed mag pouches. Um, they're, I don't know, they, they hold my magazines and they don't fall out when I'm running around and they have a little cutout for your finger. Um, to help you get, you know, a little higher grip on the magazine when you're when you're doing your uh, reloads. Um, yeah. So what I did was, of course, when I first started shooting, I had, of course, you know, the holster that I would take my belt off, put the holster and the magazines on my belt, you know, like when I first started doing competition shooting. And when I actually bought the gear, I was actually comparing the, um, the belts between Double Alpha and Ghost. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see no difference between the two other than price. And it was off like maybe five bucks or something like that. And I leaned more to Ghost, and I really don't know why, to be honest with you. And I think the reason being was the people that I was around, everybody was rocking double alpha. And I'm that guy. I, I don't like to wear what everybody else is wearing or shoot what everybody else yeah. is shooting. Yeah, I know. I get it. <laughs> yeah, so I... I want to say that was my main reason for going with Ghost. And of course, I got bit by the bug, the competition bug. Um, and then, of course, you know, the gear you have, it actually shows your pride within shooting um, at a younger way of thinking. Uh, I'll put it like that. So then I ended up buying um, the regular, you know, the Velcro belt with the regular holster and a few magazine pouches. And I was shooting my nine millimeter at that time. When I first started, it was my Smith and Wesson. 
And then after I got the Q5, I went on ahead and I had the same belt. And um, nope, actually, I went and got a second belt because I think I gained a little weight. No, not much. <laughs> it wasn't much. Need a bigger belt. Yeah, you know me. I like to have spares of whatever I do. So I think the belt probably shrank. Is what happened. No, no, I, not really. It didn't. It wasn't. It really wasn't that much. I mean, I could have kept that. But That's I what think, happened to my um, belt. When I bought my first belt. And then when I got the Q5, I want to say it was like two years later, something like that. And I could still wear it, but it was only because it was that long ago. That was the only reason why I really bought the second one. And then, of course, I got the holster and then the um, the magazine pouches for the Q5. And probably about two months after I got all that set up, I went and got another holster, the one that had like the hip pad on it or something like that and i didn't like that because the holster kept moving around in different positions and i was like what is, what's that nah. i'm just gonna oh, go oh, like the paddle holster paddle clip or whatever is that what you're talking about i don't know the exact name for it but it actually has like a little round knob and it sits like pretty much on your thigh and your hip area oh um, okay yeah so that started like moving around and i didn't like that so now by me being a little bit more experienced now with shooting now i'm more like okay if it ain't broke don't fix it you know just get a regular holster regular magazine pouches you'll be good so then it bit me again <laughs> and that's when i started researching the um the cr speed pouches and when I started searching those, and then I came across um, Black Scorpion, mm -hmm. um, um, Gorka, yeah, his, his company. And I like that because of the fact it still had the same principles that applied with um, CR Speed, right? Because it had the opening where you put your finger in and everything. Yep. So I was like, okay, cool. So I went ahead and got like four of those pouches. They're good. They're yeah. They're more adjustable too. Um, yeah, and, and that's one thing I really liked about it. And I was like, okay, I look good, stylish, and it's still functionable. And then maybe about, what, two months later, that's when I got the 40. <laughs> so I had to get a whole new stuff. <laughs> well, what I actually ended up doing was keeping the belt, right? And then um, I went back to my – I had another pair, a uh, set of um, magazine pouches that I will use that fit the STI MBX magazines. And then I linked up with um, my buddy, Mad Bomb Holsters, and he made me a custom holster for the STI. And that's what I still run today. Yeah, that one's pretty cool. I like yeah. it. So I, I was going to try to venture out and get like the type of um, holster you have, like the race holster. But when I look at it, I was like, that's too much thinking for me. You know, you got to flip all these switches to unlock it and put it back in. And and as much dry fire as I do, I'll probably, I'll probably break it by locking it, unlocking it. <laughs> so I was like, I'll just stick with a regular holster. So so my, my gear that I use is the Ghost One holster. I've used that one, that same one for about two years. Like all the stickers have fallen off of it. It's, it's kind of rusty and it's dirty as hell. Right. Um, And I like the... CR speed mag pouches. I, um, I, I just use three. Um, you know, my, I get to use the longer mags. I would probably carry four if I was in a, 
you know, if I was limited to like 140 mm-hmm. uh, millimeter magazine length, I did in uh, carry optics when I shot it. I, I carried four mags, um, but I just carry three. I use uh, shooters connection belts uh, because they send me two inner belts mm-hmm. uh, when, when you order one of theirs. And the inner belts, you know, they wear out just a Velcro gets loose and you just don't want to stick very well. But you get two of them. So when one wears out, I just use the other one. And I don't know. There's all kinds of new holsters out there now. I'd love to try, but I just I don't have a problem with the one I have. And I just haven't haven't wanted to change it. That's And that's the same way I am. I'm like, I'm happy with everything I have right now. So I'm not really willing to change anything. Um, one or two other people, company-wise, contacted me and said, "Hey, we want you to, we want to send you this so you can try it out." And I just gracefully, like, no, I'm not interested right now because you know I'm trying to work on some things, and me changing my gear all the time is going to change something. And I, I'm happy where I'm at right now, you know. So that's how that goes sometimes, but we all know how it, it plays out sometimes. There's some really shiny new holsters out there. I'd love to try. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's it's some nice ones out there, but I'm just more along the lines of if it ain't broke, why fix it? So, I know. I'm, I feel the same. Yeah. When mine breaks, then I'll then I'll look, might look at something else. But knock out like for instance, if my holster goes out, I'm just gonna contact Mad Bomb Holsters and be like, hey, um, what's the next model you got that you can do for me in this gun? <laughs> Did you? Have- little cutout for your mag release um i'm gonna do it tonight because i forgot to do it when i got back home that night when we was practicing so i'm I'm gonna do it later on tonight because i was actually thinking about it when i was driving home because i was like what am i forgetting to do so talk about that that's something that people might want to consider if you're looking at a holster for your specific firearm that was actually i mean it's a simple fix but that was a design uh of the holster that was causing an issue with with your gun yeah so all right so here's honestly what i believe took place when he made that holster for me it was the factory cut now you gotta remember i changed out um two grips since i had that holster so it went through three grips in total i I didn't mean for that to sound like i was implying no, 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 no. I'm not about his design. It, no, 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 no. I'm not saying it like that. I'm saying it more from a mechanical standpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because I don't, when I go to pull my gun out, some people just scoop it, right? But I got the habit from being in the military, whenever I grab a gun, I push down, then I pull up. Sure, yeah. You get a more secure grip that way. That's correct. Excellent way. And to the problem that I ran into with the holster, because I'm not, cinching the screws down the retention screws like really tight so the gun is not too tight but i want that little play in it so when i grab it i'm not fighting the holster it's just me and the gun after i touch it so um the problem what i ran into was when i pushed down on the gun sometimes the gun would go deeper into the holster which would push the magazine release so now when i present the gun the mag is already falling out on me <laughs> you know and it started happening earlier in the week when me and Dave was out doing some practice. So of course, you know, Dave was like, Hey, just take your Dremel and cut around it a little bit. So you have a little bit of extra room. And I was like, yep, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that. Cause this is like the, the third time it's happened to me. And each time 
that happened, it happened during a match. One time it happened at a level two match, and another time was in level one, and then the third time here in practice. Yeah, so that's something that uh, I didn't even think about. I know uh, uh, newer shooters, um, not knowing what kind of gear to get, there's a lot of holsters that are kind of advertised as universal. Right. Might, might somewhat kind of fit, you know, a couple of different firearms. Really, you need to get a holster that is specifically designed and, and built around your exact firearm. Um, I don't. Uh, you might get away with one or two here and there, but I would I would steer clear of any kind of universal holster. Yeah. Um, that you know, even our, the guys locally like Soltac LLC that makes custom Kydex holsters, mm-hmm. um, they are custom, and you can you can pay a lot for a whole custom holster if you start picking out all these different colors and double layers. But he makes you know affordable kydex holsters just as affordable as anybody else that will be specifically molded for your gun yeah. um, so that that's something to uh to look at you know even for um like an edc you know i'm the same way because i always tell people if you're going to do edc go kydex don't go leather don't go this um now if it's a smaller gun and you're a little bit more seasoned shooter okay, you can get away with a little bit more type given take holsters, but depending on your body size also. Um, but for me being smaller size, especially in the waist area, um, I've always felt good with Kydex. But when I get a Kydex holster, I make sure that it's not universal and it's made specifically for my gun. Yeah. You know, so that's how that goes. But now outside of the the rig gear because that's what we call the the belt that holds your equipment meaning your magazines and your firearm what type gear all right so for me me and you we both run um the 1911 platform guns which are 2011s and the magazines being the mbx and stis whichever one you prefer between the two Mm -hmm. um base pads and springs what do you like so i um i just use mbx everything that comes with the mbx i use the their springs and followers and base pads i i wanted uh sti mags to work for me um and i really tried i just i had trouble with them i couldn't get them to work reliably enough to make me happy you go too fast man you got to slow down a little bit they'll work if you slow down a little bit i don't know so I bit the bullet and spent uh, enough money to hurt my feelings on some magazines from MBX, <laughs> but they, I haven't had a single issue from them and I've been completely happy with them just with their, you know, stuff that comes with them. I've had to replace the springs. I replaced the springs and probably every six months and I replaced the follower, uh, the followers once a year. Uh, I haven't had to mess with the base pads. I've just used the, factory base pads they work great for me yeah so for me when i got the well when i got my q5 i was running everything stock on that for the longest and then i went ahead and extended out everything and i went with the taron butler tti um extension base pads 
mm-hmm. that allowed me to put 21 rounds into the magazine that houses the Q5. And love it. The spring that came with it is still, I'm still using that same spring that comes in it. Don't have no real issues with it. The only issues I have with the Q5 is maybe one or two rounds. And it's probably like once every three to four months when a mishap will happen. But outside of that, runs fall on flawlessly. On the STI, I run the, um, once again, the Terran Tactical Base Pads. But the springs are, um, uh, what's the name of those springs? Grams? Yeah, the Graham springs. Yeah, yeah, those are good. Yeah, I- and of course, I had to bring them to you, and then you actually did the piece on the follower, so it will work properly and prevent slide lock and all that good stuff. Yeah, that's something just with our, our I guess they're double stack 1911s now. Well, yours is actually a 2011. So right. we can call yours a 2011 <laughs> STI. Right. It, so that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. something a lot of our, uh, the competition guns or the, the magazines are tuned to where they won't lock the slide back. It's just kind of to help prevent any kind of accidental slide lock while you're in the middle of a stage. Right. Now, um, when I first got the STI, it was slide locking with one round in the magazine. And when I first shot it, I was like, what's going on with this? But it was a few people that was telling me, um, just do this, just do that, and it'll correct itself. And that's when I came to you, and I was like, I don't want it to slide lock at all. It's not uncommon to have that happen if you if you with a new gun. <laughs> But um, I just removed a little bit of material off the inside of your slide lock. So there was nothing there for the magazine or around to push up on accidentally, you know, throw it in the slide lock. Yeah. So the moral of the story of everything <laughs> we talked about <laughs> so far is get what works for you and yeah. not other people. Yes. Right. Um, another... Yeah quality gear mm-hmm. there's some cheap stuff you definitely want to stay away from that is just can be kind of dangerous but good quality gear doesn't really matter where it comes from make it work for you man so let me tell you um, we're gonna bring my buddy um solomon on to the show so he can ask questions about shooting you know after a few commercial breaks later on in the show and back when i first met solomon and we're really close like the first day we met, he came at me sideways. I said some stuff, you know, it corrected itself. And now we're like inseparable. Like he called me, I can call him. We're always there for each other. But the one thing about Solomon is he would always buy cheap stuff because, hey, it's the same thing. And I kept trying to explain to him the quality is not the same and you're not going to get the results. And he actually ended up going to um, some type of hunt he does. He goes like on these hunts like Colorado and out west. Oh, the big game. Yeah, yeah he, he does that all the time. And when he was preparing to do it, or it might have been a class, however he told me the story, he was like, man, I can't hit the target. I can't hit the target. And I was like, because you're buying cheap gear. <laughs> you know if you're gonna do precision shooting you need to buy quality gear but i would always tell him spend the money on one scope and use that one scope 
on the various rifles that you have, you know, and um, I, I showed them how to do it and everything. But you know, I said, but you just got to keep decent logs of what your settings are. So if you put it on this Remington 700, you put it to that setting. Now, if you're going to put it on this um, Grendel 6.5, you turn around and you put it on that setting, you know, but I guess that was too much work for him. But, oh, that long range stuff is a lot of math, a lot of work. Yeah. But yeah, you would definitely spend more money on your uh, good quality optic than you than you will your gun in a lot of cases. Yeah. So, out of the four long range rifles that I had, uh, let's go back about five years. I had one scope for all my long range rifles. <laughs> and, you can only shoot one at a time. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I'd be like. Yeah, you don't shoot one at a time. But then when I linked up with primary arms and I ended up getting more scopes for all my um, rifles, AR-15s and my long range rifles. And then actually I gave um, one to CSRA for the prize table a few months ago. Yeah, I looked through that one. I, I Actually, I pulled it out of the box before I gave it away mm-hmm. and just to check it out. It looked great. Yeah. I wanted to put it on one of my guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and somebody tried to talk to me, and it was a friend of mine, and he's an influencer also, like a YouTube influencer. And he turned around, and he was more like, well, why would you put um, a budget optic on a $8,000 rifle, $4,000 rifle? And I was like, if it works, it works. Who cares what the price is, you know? And I had to prove him wrong that it works on a high quality rifle, you know. So of course, you know, I went out there to him and everything, proved him wrong, shut him up. But he <laughs> never talked about that again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it's the same with most every, every kind of gear. There's some really cheap stuff that you just need to stay away from. Then there's decent, you know, mid 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 range stuff that works just fine. Mm-hmm. And if you just have some money you want to get rid of, then there's some real high quality stuff you can yeah. you can burn it on. Well, but I'm also I'm not um what you call like a gear whore, I guess that's the easier <laughs> way to say it. I'm I'm not one of those guys because um the latest and greatest doesn't always make you the best, you know. Um and we already know it's more skill when it comes to shooting, of course, because the more time you put into it, that's what a quality is going to come in at. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. I get nervous about changing my gear. I spend so much time practicing and, and with my gear in a certain location or set up a certain way, even if I change the angle of something a little bit and it feels different and I, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I'm totally with you. I totally get it. <laughs> All right, so let's do this. Um, We're going to go ahead and let the sponsors say a few words because this week we don't have an interview. So we're just going to go ahead and we're going to continue to talk, but we're going to let Solo come on and or Solomon come on and ask us some questions in regards to shooting so he can open his mind and get him on the right path when it comes to shooting. So right now, let's take a quick break and here are some words from our sponsors. 
Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. The gun cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you can still carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com now we're going to go ahead and jump into a little bit of word on the 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 battle at the beach is taking place 23 through 25 april there are a few slots left, and if you contact the match director, Mike Fritz, at www.lowcountryuspsa.com, he will point you in the right direction to getting you to shooting Battle at the Beach. As of right now, the following current sponsors for Battle at the Beach are Red Hill Tactical, Red Stitch Targets, The Blue Bullets, Akai Custom Firearms, Hunter HD Gold, Outdoor Dynamics, Lucky Shot Firearms, Dunham Smithing, Law Offices of McLeod Ruffner, Premier Hearing Protection, Shooter's Connection, Lead Star Arms, Safariland, Springfield Armory, Competition Electronics, Hornady, Mad Marlin Guns, Lock Grips, Techware, Steel Target Paint, Mark Prickett Target Stands, Midway USA, with more to be added. Visit www.lowcountryuspsa.com for more information. Kevin Dixie is hosting his second annual Teach and Learn event. It's a three-day event taking place on Memorial Day weekend, 22 through 24 May in Lettington, Missouri, for those who are looking to become more involved in the shooting industry in some way. For those interested, you can sign up by going to eventbrite.com and searching NOC second annual train and learn event we encourage everyone to go out and do some training with your firearm just to get familiar with and what you feel you need to work on to get better with it for those of us who are in the competition please share the information of your club or a shooting event in your area so we can share the message 
There are a number of level two matches for those serious enthusiasts in competition shooting in USPSA. There are too many to name, but if you head on over to USPSA.org and click on the matches tab, and you will see the many level two and level three matches that are being hosted around the nation. Another great resource is going to matchsignup.org and click on major matches and you will see the various matches that are being offered there as well. Sign up for a higher rank match and let's keep the momentum going for the sport. This Saturday, if you're in the South Carolina area, registration is open for those who are interested in doing some USPSA action in Columbia, South Carolina. Head on over to Practice Score and look up MCRC, then sign up and have fun doing some shooting USPSA style. If you would like for me and the crew to come out and shoot a USPSA match with you, email us at info at m-wtactical.com and let's plan it out. All right, good people. Welcome back to the M-W Tactical Podcast. And as I said in the first half, I have my buddy Solomon online with us and he's going to ask us some questions because he is new into the realm of competition shooting. So how's it going for you today, um, Solomon? Everything's pretty good. How about y'all? Yeah, everything's going great on my good. end. Good, That's doing great. well. That's great. That's great. All right. So the first part of the show, we was talking about um, gear, a little bit of training. So... Of course, we decided to bring you on to talk about the competition aspect because little do, does everybody know, Solomon will call me 10 times a day and ask a question about competition shooting or just shooting in general. You know, no harm, no foul. I, I don't get upset about it because I actually enjoy answering those questions. You know, so now this is the free for all for Solomon to ask anything he wants. <laughs> No harm, wow. no foul. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Well, let me, let me. Yours. The floor is yours. Okay. When in competition shooting, we all know that rapid fire, being able to control recoil is an important thing. How do you construct your hand positioning? I know the high up on the ducktail and you know gripping it with your hand nicely with the support hand and things of that nature. But when it comes down to where you're applying the most pressure, when it breaks break it all the way down to like your fingers, where you will be applying more pressure versus less pressure. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh there are several kind of schools of thought on that. Um, I think personally just grip the hell out of it. <laughs> it's it's um, there. You'll hear all kinds of different uh, philosophies of, of people telling you like different percentages of grip with your left hand and with your right hand. Um, most of, of the grip that I, the way I grip a gun, I would, the majority of my grip um, establishing with my left hand. That's where most of my pressure is coming from because it leaves my right hand loose enough to to work the trigger quickly. If I get too much tension, uh, too much grip in my right hand, um, I think they refer to it as kind of a, a kind of sympathetic movement. Um, if you're gripping too hard with like the lower 
three fingers of of your strong hand, you kind of get a little bit of that that tension and stiffness in your trigger finger, and it can slow things down or cause some trigger freeze. Um, really, just the most you know amount of skin that you can get on the grip, the better. Um, typically, you want to kind of rock your your support hand forward a little bit, kind of point both of your thumbs forward a little. Um, on the grip and like you already mentioned you know the higher up on the on the gun that you can grip the better you just you're getting closer to the bore axis you'll you'll help you know mitigate some of that recoil as much as possible yeah so i'm in agreement with everything you said but what i like to do also especially on my sti because it has that that um dual thumb safety on both sides Mm. um, by me being right-handed i use that safety as a thumb rest so when my thumb is up there it's almost like i'm trying to take my thumb and roll it into the gun but at the same time i'm kind of like pushing the gun a little bit but my left hand i am squeezing the mess out of it when you you say roll your thumb into the gun you mean like rotate your elbows up roll it into the gun no I'm, i'm telling you exactly what i'm doing i'm rolling my thumb into the gun so i'm squeezing it more with my left hand my elbows are not moving you know what i'm saying i'm just trying to roll my thumb into the metal as much as possible you know because the more grip i'm having on it i'm trying to lessen the recoil so i don't see any recoil you know but like i said this is just a little method that i found that works for me but i do have arthritis in my right hand also you know what I'm saying? so what I do is, like I said, I just roll that thumb on top of that safety and try to like turn it into the gun, but I'm kind of pushing the gun like into that beaver tail. I'm pushing more into that, but I'm taking my left hand and I'm squeezing my right hand more. Like, so like Dave said, so my trigger finger is more relaxed. Okay. I'm going to try to apply that, see how it works for me. What, Solomon, what kind of gun are you, are you shooting? Uh, Sig P320 X5. Oh, nice, excellent choice. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a nice gun. It is a nice gun, and to watch him shoot it, I was actually surprised. You know why? You don't think he can shoot? No, you know you don't know solo like <laughs> you're gonna, you're, you're about to get into the history. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what's, what's your next question, Hello, Solomon? All right, um. It's, it's a piggyback off the first question. When you're rapid firing, I was always taught and told to keep my eye on the front sight. Now, when controlling the recoil, are those methods that you told me when it comes to rapid fire, you applying it also to keeping that gun going um, 90 degrees in the air, I mean, or straight up? You, you know what I mean? Instead of it bouncing left to right up, it, it goes straight up and comes back down for rapid fire, correct? All right. So now let's think about rapid fire, okay? So I'm speaking from both competition and military standpoint now. So now am I just doing rapid fire to try to keep somebody's head down? Or am I doing rapid fire trying to put all my shots in the A zone? A zone shots. Okay. So think about the question what I just threw back at you. All right, so if mm-hmm. I'm trying to put you, keep your head down, 
I don't care where it's hitting as long as it's hitting somewhere around you and I'm just pulling as fast as I can. So the team and other people around me can move into position. But if I'm doing it for the A zone shot, unless I'm really close to the target, I'm not using the sights. But if the target is, let's say, seven yards away and further, I can only pull that trigger as fast as I can see the sights settle. So, if, like, if you're looking, like, at my, my fingers right now, if yes. the gun keeps jumping like this, I'm not going to keep pulling the trigger if the sights are like this. I have to wait for it to fall before I pull it again. And that just comes with practice. Time, practice, and the timing of your body with the gun. Another part of your question was, um, you know, keeping the gun from moving side to side. And, yes, that that is part of your grip also. Once you figure out, you know, a, a good stable grip that you need like michael's talking about he uses his thumbs a little more to put put some pressure on his gun and that's yeah. fine if that works for him it may not work for everyone else if you get too much pressure like sideways pressure from your thumbs you can kind of you know you might tweak your front side around a little bit so you may need to adjust your grip personally to maybe not use so much of your thumbs if you're seeing that you know movement in your front sight from left to right or something like that but yeah once you've established a good grip you should not really see much side to side movement just straight up and down yeah i find myself putting powder on my hands just so i can hold that grip because you know the perspiration on your hand have you slipping trying to hold yeah. it so tight oh, so. yeah yeah there's all kinds of stuff people do you can uh uh, you can stipple your grip to give it some more grip texture. I used to put uh, skateboard tape on mine when I used a polymer grip um, just to, you know, give more traction, uh, better grip. There's uh, there's different kind of uh, like lotions and stuff that that people use to dry out, you know, moisture from your hands. Um, there's there's all kinds of stuff out there now. Yeah, I use that um, solution like you squeeze it in your hands. It's like a lotion. And when you rub it in, it dries it out, but it leaves like the chalky residue, like you're about to do rock, rock climbing or something. Uh -huh. um, but I only use it in the summertime. I don't use it in the wintertime. Okay. Like you said, in the summertime, by me being out there and, you know, my hands get real slippery, you know, from the sweat and everything. Gotcha. Okay, well, I got some things I can employ. Mm hmm what oh, else you got? I appreciate your time. Oh, that's all the questions you have? <laughs> yeah, that's all the questions I have right now. So now have I, you... bit, I take a little bit of that time and, and process it and apply it, master it, and then come back to something else. No, I got have you. you been to a USPSA match yet? I have not. And uh, Mike has been telling me and talking to me about it for the last, I think, six months or so. Yeah. I'm coming, Mike. I'm coming. Okay. Well, actually, tell everybody about the match that you do in the Atlanta area, the organization, how it works, everything. Well, I only um, shot for them one time, and that was the uh, past Sunday out of South River Gun Club. Yeah. That's and uh, it's it's called the GAPA. It's the Greater Atlanta Defense Pistol Association, if I'm not mistaken. And they have a match out to uh, out at South River every fourth Friday, fourth Sunday of the month. So uh, I shot that one, and um, so, you know I'm hooked. So, <laughs> does a defensive pistol is that more along the lines of like ID IDPA style? 
Yeah, I think they have the IDPA rules. I haven't ran a IDP match before, but um, I think Mike said it was similar to that when I was speaking about some of the rules and, and calling things out. Okay. Yeah. 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 So like when we was having a conversation, um, we went out to uh, Cambodia to practice on um, Sunday. Yeah. When he was talking, he stated like zero down. And when he kept talking like that, I was like, okay, wherever he was shooting, they used the IDPA rules and score. yeah, di different scoring. Yeah. yeah. Same, same kind of, same concept. Same concept yeah. 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 But um, I told him I was going to come out there and I was going to shoot it um, a few times with him, you know, just to get a different perspective of the shooting. But I'm just, if you give me the choice between IDPA and USPSA, I lean more to USPSA. I tried some of the, the IDPA stuff too, but one of the things I really like about USPSA, it's um they they have set rules of stage design um you know that that they have set forth for every match in the country. There are certain rules that stage designers and match directors have to follow. So you you really have a a pretty good idea of what you're walking into no matter where you go in the country. If you're going to a, an official USPSA match, you know you're not going to, you know, see anything super out of the ordinary or something you might not be ready for. Uh, well, you know, there'll be different, you know, targets and, and different presentations and stuff. But there are rules that, that everyone has to follow. And that's one thing I like about it. Some of the outlaw matches and, and stuff that you shoot are still fun. But sometimes you don't ever know what the heck you're getting into. And I don't know. It um everyone has a a standard in USPSA and I enjoy that part of it. Yeah, my, my take on USPSA is it is a little bit more fun than IDPA in my personal opinion. Um at the same time, I do respect the value of the um everything being a standard as far as scoring the rules for stage designs and um, penalties and just the overall um, platform of USPSA. The one thing I did not like about IDPA when I was um, shooting IDPA, when I first started shooting was the rules. Like if you drop a magazine and it still had rounds in it. And the only explanation somebody could give me is what if the bad guy had the same firearm as you and they ran out of bullets. And I'm more like, mm, mm -hmm. my mind doesn't work like that. <laughs> you know, if I'm hurrying up trying to defend myself or whatever, I am not really concerned about two rounds being left in a magazine. And I'm doing a reload. If that guy ran out of bullets, he's toast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, in some situations, he's toast anyway, just by appearance. Yeah. So, but like I said, that's that's the the difference between me and um. But I'm also not one of those guys that like to do various type of different organization shootings because I'm goal driven and my goal is what I'm striving for. And I do know if I was to go from organization to organization, it now takes away from the overall end result of that goal that I want to achieve. It can, but don't right. forget to have fun while you're, while you're shooting sometimes. Correct. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just make, trying to make sure I try to get one match under my belt a week so I can stay in the practice and, and get better. So, yeah, like I said, can't always find a USPSA, and yeah. uh, you know I can only do things on Sunday speed. I'm a barber, so 
Yeah. So good. Yeah. So the best part about it is, is by you being there in Atlanta, I'm pretty sure there are matches Saturdays and Sundays. Yes. Um, Around here in my area, I do know once a month on the second Sunday, Sandhill holds a match. So like this month, they're doing an all classifier match. And then the fifth Sunday or Saturday, Whatever the long weekend of the month is, which will be the fifth, Belton normally holds the match then. But I think they're about to start doing weekly, um, well, monthly matches for you USPS. Belton? No, Belton. Belton, South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Belton, so you're going like you're going up to Greensville. So the, okay. the first Sunday, they do a match right near you, Solomon, USPSA match at the Atlanta Three Gun. Um, it's on Sunday. It's on Sunday. Yeah, it's a three gun match. No, what well, it's that's the club there, but they well they do three gun matches, but they they do the USPSA match on the first Sunday. Let me okay. look. Let me look that up. It's a South South River. No, would that's that, the one you were talking about. I gotta yeah. look up the name of that range. Would that be on the uh, practice score website? Yeah, yeah, it's on there. You can okay. find everything on practice score. It's just eight. Three G, I think, is how yeah, it shows up on practice score. There's a filter tab on there, and you can pretty much look up everything within like a mile radius of you. Um, um I haven't perfected practice score yet because <laughs> normally what I do is I'll call somebody like, "Hey, do you know what's going on in this area?" And if they say no, they'll point me to somebody who does. You know, mm. but um, far as my experience with practice score. Is right now it's just local. <laughs> That's all I'm, I'm dealing with. Yeah. So we need to go shoot this one, Mike. We need to yeah, go see if Solomon it. can come out. It's uh, April fifth, uh, the Sunday. Uh, April fifth. Oh, that's camping weekend. Oh man, is it? We all right. Well, <laughs> well, they we they do it every you know time. But you know what, Mike? I actually even told you about this already. Mm. Did you say you're going to be doing something that weekend? Uh, Spartanburg or Some... Palmetto Gun Club? <laughs> That's a Saturday before the fifth. Well, yeah, we're leaving out on the fourth for that camping trip. Mm. I was looking okay. at March twenty second. Where were you talking about going? No, he's telling you that that match is um yeah. in Atlanta. That's what he's telling you. I've seen okay. it. I've yeah, seen it's the first practice score already. I don't think it's on there yet. Yes, yeah, it's the first Sunday because all right. So USPSA they break down their areas by the weekend. They won't give you a date, so it'll be the first Saturday, the second Saturday, the third Saturday, the second Sunday. That's how they do it every month because the dates change, of course, every month. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So um, Dave just told you what was taking place the first Sunday in April. In April. Yeah, which is that yeah. club, that three gun club in Atlanta. <laughs> South River Atlanta Practical Shooters is who does the uh, USPSA match at South River Gun Club. That's uh, oh, at South River Gun Club. Okay, yeah, yeah that fifth, I won't be out of town on my darn camping trip with my son. Well, yeah, that's fine, but yeah. we're gonna come shoot that match with you sometime when you can. Right. Okay. It's First Sunday, I'm down. Yeah. Yeah. Try well, not to now, show me up too bad. I try not to show Mike up too bad. 
No, my goodness. Here we go. <laughs> I encourage people to be better than me because if you're doing better than me, then obviously you're having fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so have fun with it, man. That's all I do when I go shoot. I'm not concerned about what the score is, how many points I gain, but I will game it after I shoot the match. But as long as I'm shooting the match and I'm having fun, that's all I care about at that moment. But, you know, you and I always have some kind of competition going on. <laughs> no, you have a competition with me going on. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> well, it is a competition that, you know, it's a game we play. Ben, but one one of the another thing that I like about our USPSA club and, and, and the shooters around here is well, there are all different levels, skill levels of shooters, and we all get along and, and nobody really cares who is shooting better than who. We're just out there having fun and, and helping everyone out any way we can. It's, yeah, uh, it's, just healthy it's a great group of shooters we have. Yeah, it's just, just like I said, just healthy competition. And you're here to smack talking, but in the end, after a match, everybody goes eat together and smack talking continues. You know, so it's just a, a way of pushing competition. That's all it is. Absolutely. Yep. All right. So you have any more questions or anything? No, else? that's, that's it right now. Like I said, I'm gonna take you in a little bit. I appreciate y'all. Okay, no problem. No problem. Um, so sit tight right quick. Um, we're gonna go ahead and bleed off and here are some words from our sponsors. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunters HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunters HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunters HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. The gun cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you still carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com all right welcome back to the m-w tactical podcast and i'm still here with the mad scientist and my buddy solomon that was a pretty interesting segment if you ask me yep it was good i mean i 
I get excited hearing, uh, you know, excitement and other, you know, new shooters, uh, um, you know, getting interested in, in the sport. Oh, yeah. Um, one thing about my buddy Solomon, I think also the way he's thinking of the sport, he's still trying to wrap his mind around it. But the way he's asking the questions, you can tell he's just feeling for it, which and I keep telling him there's nothing wrong with that. Don't feel embarrassed ask the question and even if you think you might sound foolish the person that you're asking it doesn't come to them as foolish because they have an understanding but they just try to make you understand so don't hold yourself back by thinking like that yeah well the grip thing is kind of hard to explain on a podcast yeah well you got to do that demonstration yeah it's a little more hands-on kind of thing but but um yeah but he's he's very driven far as information and when i tell you he calls me 10 times a day he literally calls me 10 times a day that's awesome though i mean you know he's he's excited about it and he's thinking about it all day like i do so (laughs) i'm sure you do too oh he came to the house monday and we sat there and we worked for 45 minutes on his draw so you know i told him what practice how to do it to get his um draw time under a second but the problem was he's thinking it's going to happen instantly and i kept telling him it's not going to happen as fast as you think it will (laughs) you got to keep practicing it and then don't overdo it don't overload yourself because i told him what i do is anytime i dry fire um everything i do in dry fire i only do two minutes so if i'm working on draw i only work on it for two minutes if I'm working on transition, it's only for two minutes. Yeah, that's a good time. I mean, yeah. you get because I get bored. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and of course, You'll if you start get losing bored, focus, yeah, exactly. And it's it's too easy to say, okay, I'm not going to do this tonight when it's going to hurt you more when you don't, you know, put in the time, the dedication to it. So, I found two two minutes is that sweet medium for me, whereas it still keeps me engaged and my mind is not wandering. Yeah, no, that's a good time. It's um. Two or three minutes is about all I can stay at one drill. But um, actually, I just got a bunch of new uh, vinyl dry fire targets, and I've, right. I've spread them out on all four of my walls in the dry fire room now. Mm-hmm. So now um, it's all movement. I'm going to try um, all my dry fire now is going to be with movement involved. And uh, we'll That's see how I'm that goes. Too. And I think I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to give myself Monday. Monday, I'm going to start dry firing and doing movements at least two times a week. Yeah, That's work it in. Yeah, work it in there. Right. Yeah, uh, For sure. It doesn't have to, you know, be your whole dry fire session, but right. definitely work a little bit of it in there. I wish I had a treadmill because if I had a treadmill, it won't be no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've heard of people doing that. Um, yeah, I heard a lot of people doing that. Have and... you seen John John Vlieger? Do you know him? He works at Shooters Connection. He's a Grandmaster Open Shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has he has a slide made out of plastic mm-hmm. that he replaces the slide on his on his competition gun, takes the slide off, and puts this plastic slide on there. Mm-hmm. And he's worked out some kind of deal with the owner at the gym he goes to. And he'll go to the gym and set up, you know, obstacles and he'll work on movement in, you know, in and around 
barriers and stuff like that inside the gym with with plastic slide on his competition gun. <laughs> oh wow! So, so he's uh, you know when it's raining or whatever, it gives him you know a place to, to go practice. Oh wow, that's awesome! Now you know, um, you said you got the new vinyl um, targets. Of course, they're IDPA. You know, um, many ones. I'm taking it. They're so, USPSA. Yeah, I mean USPSA. What did I say? IDPA. I see. I got yeah. IDPA. In, in my well, mind. we were we were talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> so what I I got some of those um, USPSA mini targets as well. You know, the quarter size targets, and I just took them off the wall, and mm-hmm. I replaced them with circle plates. Yeah. You know, <laughs> because of the fact, um, I won't say it's easier, but for whatever reason, I'm connecting more with the plates than I am the USPSA targets. So you use like paper plates? Yeah, the miniature six six inch diameter, six inches. Are they? They're like vinyl, like steel targets, supposed to represent steel targets. You could say that. You know, okay. it's just a white circle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, downstairs in my living room, because this is how I decorate my house, you know, <laughs> downstairs in the living room, I got with, with uh, targets. Yeah, with the targets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I got a mini popper over the garage. I mean, um, over the fireplace uh-huh. and on the um, window, because with the window, two windows there on the wall, um, I have three columns. So I put um, a quarter size um uspsa target on each you know wall that represents shoulder to shoulder and then in the reload room um i have stickers on the wall you know whereas they're like aiming points and then in my bedroom um i got three plates on the wall and then i have a sticky tab with the brown um um that the brown stickers that we use to cover the holes on the target (laughs) <laughs> and then I have a mini, uh, a real tiny um, USPSA target just above that um, orange sticker with the brown sticker on it. You need more targets. So you have a whole stage set up in your house. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I have family that comes in. All no, time no. And, um, <laughs> that side of the family, I will get hit with a broom. Come oh, I know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm sure people think I'm nuts. I run around in the backyard with a gun, you know, practicing yeah, no. out there too. So. <laughs> yeah, now in the summertime, I do that also because um, I do have three target stands with three USPSA targets on it, and I just put um a yellow sticky tab, like in the A zone, like in the middle, mm-hmm. and um, of course, you know, I, I move them different positions, and I just run in the backyard and I just do various things, you know. So when I started doing that, I was only doing that maybe for two months before it started getting cold because that's when I was um, um, teaching the children that was doing competition shooting also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like I said, our, our plan is pretty much similar. Yeah, you know, um, I would like to run down the street with um, a flak vest on and my gear, my rig set up. So I can, you know, at least get some cardio in. But, you know, here in <laughs> South Carolina, you can't open carry. So. <laughs> no, I have to go to Georgia. We can go out to the sharpshooters and run around there. 
Yeah, yeah, we could definitely do that. You know, people would probably look at me funny if I was carrying my open gun on my hip though, and some giant magazines. (laughs) 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 Yeah, they would look at you crazy. What in the world? (laughs) That's what it is. So, all right. So, um, you got any? Anything going on this weekend? Going out of state? Going back to Florida, Utah, Texas, anywhere? Um, going back to Florida in a couple of weeks to train with uh, Kita Bussy. She's doing a movement class there um, at Volusa County Gun and Hunt Club, um, Gorka's range. We mentioned him earlier. Right. Um, this weekend, I have my son. My son and I might we might. We might sneak out and practice a little bit, but we're going to shoot the um, the carbine match at Sharpshooters just for fun on Sunday. Nice. Um, just we're going to hang out, have a good time together. That's what it is. So, you know, in two weeks, I'll be down in Florida shooting the Florida Championship right next to Tim Heron, <laughs> and it just happened. We was on the same. Nobody rigged it for that to happen. Oh, you squatted with him. Yeah, I squatted with him, but I didn't know who he was at the time. But then, too, when I signed up for that match, I didn't really look to see who was on the squad. I was just looking at the whatever they were shooting, you know, what division they were shooting. Well, now and, you've had some training with him. Yeah. Uh, you'll be shooting with him. That'll be good. Yeah, that's what I said. That's going to be fun. So, And then um, that same match, the area, um, the championship, the Florida championship match, me and Lucky, we got a bet going on, a dinner bet. So, uh-huh. yeah, so whoever wins between he and I, um, the loser obviously buys the winner dinner. <laughs> Is he going to let you in on the green gun competition? I, I didn't ask about the green uh. gun competition. Um, <laughs> the only reason why I didn't ask about the green gun competition is because <laughs> a lot of times um, the crew that does the green gun, they don't go to every match, you know, so I don't want to win by default. Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but that's what we got going on. Um, We got a good because you know, me and Lucky started talking smack to each other about a month or so ago. I've heard that he's been dry firing himself and practicing more. Yeah, I think what it was because um, he he made the comment to me. He was like, "Man, you know, out of nowhere, you just like came up on the scene and everybody talking about you." I said, "Dude, I just dry fire. That's all I really do." And I think he got pissed off because I beat him. <laughs> oh, <my man. laughs> well. so, but, you know, I understand how it goes sometimes, you know, um, competition. You know, like I said, we're all got that alpha mentality going on. Oh, right? yeah. Every one of us. Yeah. <laughs> in the end, it's all in fun because we all know that we can call each other and we're always there for each other. Yep. All right. So that's what we got going on. And. Later on in the week, we'll figure out what we're going to do next as far as training and everything else. So, um, like I said, stay tuned to the M-W Tactical Podcast. And if you haven't done so, check out Season 1 and then listen to them all and let us know what you think. Any last words there, Dave? I think we've covered a lot. We talked a lot. It was good to meet Solomon. I'm glad he came on the show. And uh, hopefully we can get out and shoot a match with him. Oh, yeah, we're going to make that happen. Um, let me see, April. Let's plan for the May-June time frame. Yeah, that sounds good. They'll have the uh, 
that Atlanta practical shooters match right near him. It'd be easy yeah. for him to make it out. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely make it. You know what I'm saying? Get him out there and do some USPSA style shooting. Looking forward to it. Hey, that's it. So everybody who's listening, once again, thank you for coming on to the M-W Tactical Podcast. And here are some words from our sponsors. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm going to be. Come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. The Gun Cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially with concealed carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com thank you for taking the time to hang out with us on the m-w tactical podcast remember a new podcast comes out every tuesday if you cannot wait for tuesday go and listen to past episodes to catch up on what you missed Make sure you visit www.m-wtactical.com and see what all is offered on the site where you can't even purchase M-W Tactical Apparel. But please go to our Facebook and Instagram page and follow us on our journey in the sport of competition shooting and the realm of the 2A community. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun.